Welcome to season two of the Young Player Wellbeing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Antonio Capasso, alongside fellow co-host Brad Fullerton. Both Brad and I are practicing trainee sport and exercise psychologists and use our experience and knowledge to bring sports psychology and wellbeing concepts to life. But we don't do this alone. We speak to highly specialised guests who also share their personal and professional experiences with wellbeing and sports psychology. On the pod, we encourage listeners interested in all things sport to tune in whilst we provide insight into what working in the world of sport is like. We ask our guests the right questions to provide you with a deep dive into their specialised area of expertise and hope that after listening to each episode, you have taken something away with you. We want to redefine what making it in sport looks like. We hope that by speaking to guests who have made a successful career in sport, we can do just that. Now, let's get into another episode of the Young Player Wellbeing Podcast. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back everyone to another episode of the Young Player Wellbeing Podcast. Um, This week, sadly, I'm not being joined by Brad, um, which I'll definitely be teasing about when he comes on to the next episode, as he gave me a lot of stick in the recent episodes about not being around as much. Um, Brad is actually going through um, quite a big um, submission for his um, sport and exercise journey that we are both on. So, I won't give him too much stick, but um, I do wish him all the best and I look forward to hearing how he gets on in the future. Um, Today's episode is actually a really special episode uh, because we've been wanting to get on a nutritionist for quite a while now. um, And I've been having some fantastic conversations with the guests we have on today. um, And I'm really looking forward to getting to know a little bit more around nutrition and getting to pick her brains and get some knowledge for myself, but also obviously for the players as well. Um, so today we're joined by uh, Michaela, who is an academy intern nutritionist um, at a La Liga Academy in Spain. Um, her background is as she did an undergrad in human nutrition and um, dietitian. Uh, she then did a diploma in sports nutrition and then has recently just finished a master's in sports nutrition as well. So she is very specialised in the area. And yeah, can't wait to get, get going on this episode. Michaela, how are you? Hello, Antonio. Thank you for inviting me to today's episode. As you say, my name is Michaela and I'm really excited to be here and share with you some of my knowledge in sports nutrition. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, another pretty cool feature well for me um, for this episode is that um, Michaela has uh, actually got a background in tennis as well similar to me so uh, I'm excited to speak a little bit about that on the episode as well but of course we know that this is heavily football related so we try we won't go into too much detail on it Um, but yeah we'll get straight into it Michaela if you could just tell us a little bit about your experience in sport growing up um, you know how did you get into it and what level did you play at that'd be great. Yeah, so I first started playing tennis when I was around five years old. Uh, My parents actually got me into it just to practice uh, some sport, not really thinking anything about it. But then like over the years, I started getting better and better. And when I was about eight years old, I think I competed in my first tournament. And I think that changed everything. I started going to more tournaments, first at regional level, then at national levels. 
and I really love to compete and that was what motivated me uh, to train every day. So by 12 years old, um, I was already racket number one in my country and I classified to my first international tournament, which was representing my country in a South American competition. And this was really exciting for me. And from then on, I continued to be between number one and through and two uh, in the country. And I kept going to more international events, uh, representing my country and also like playing for myself. And then as I kept growing up, I started like I just kept competing on internationally. My two biggest achievements over the years of playing tennis were the Junior Fed Cup uh, when I was 14 years old. And then I played like my final tournament which was the actual Fed Cup. Uh, I think now it's called Billie Jean King Cup, representing my country. And I was like at 18 years old. After that, I took the decision to retire uh, due to my studies. And that's what led me where I am here today. I came to Spain to pursue the, my other passion, which is nutrition, of course. Yeah, amazing. Sounds like... Uh, a much more successful career than what I had and um, <laughs> you know in, incredible stories like you know I feel like we could probably do a whole episode based on on you know your journey through tennis etc and, and being involved in, in the Fed Cup which is is massive um, and, you know congratulations on, on your Thanks. achievements there um, interestingly obviously you, you went to a really high level and of course um, for the listeners um, Michaela grew, grew up in Ecuador, um, which was her, her country um, that she obviously played for as well. And it, it's interesting for us to get a perspective from someone outside of, of the UK again on, you know, as an athlete, what were your experiences of, of well-being or psychology support in, in sport? I think uh, the first time that I really became aware of like the importance of well-being and psychology was around the age of 14 when I started competing more and taking the sport more seriously. Uh, so throughout the years I had two sports psychologists which uh, I found on my own mm -hmm. and they helped me to control my emotions on the court because I think uh, tennis is a really mental game so mm -hmm. I had difficulties controlling that and it helped me a lot. Uh, I got better. I started like winning matches and it was really like all in my head. You can uh, have great shots, but everything is in your head. And besides that, uh, some really important things for me were, uh, for example, get enough sleep every night. Like it sounds really basic, but uh, that was like a key thing for me. And also when I was in a tournament in that age, uh, when you have a match, you can wait from two hours to sometimes even two days for your yeah. turn to play if it rains. So in that case, I prioritized taking regular breaks during the day, eating enough food that made me feel good. And also I tried to stay active during the day, but that was it about like my experience on well-being. Um, maybe I would have liked for it to be a little bit deeper, but mm -hmm. in those times, like that was all I knew. I asked for help when I needed it and uh, that helped me a lot. Yeah, excellent. I think what was really interesting was you mentioned that you had to go and find the the two sports psychologists that you worked with. Uh, you had to go and find sort of off your own back. Um, so 
the coaches that you worked with, did they not have really any knowledge or access to, to sports psychologists or, um, you know, within the club that you were training with, did they not have a psychologist there within within the, the club or the academy? Um, no, um, I think uh, tennis is like a very individual sport. So mm -hmm. in my country at the time, I only had my trainers and then I had to uh, seek like nutritional or psychological help somewhere else. But during summers, I used to go to a tennis academy in in the USA, and there I had access to like group psychology and also like group nutrition classes. And I think uh, in this academy, I I saw that I needed the extra help. So mm -hmm. like my parents and I thought to to look for help like somewhere else. Interesting. Yeah. Um, when when you say sorry to go into so much detail around when so when you say um, it, it was in the academy you realised you needed sort of extra support was that um, because you'd finally been given access to a psychologist and you realised the benefits or was it just due to like what was going on um, around that time? I think uh, it was because I was training with better players than I used to play in my country so. Um, that motivated me to keep improving and to keep working hard and like training every day was not enough like I needed to do something else so uh, the psychology and the nutrition part, part was really important for me. Yeah amazing I think as you just said there the psychology and, and nutrition were, were massive so sort of moving back towards obviously the career path that you chose to, to go down um, around nutrition what was it that actually you know really really drove you to pursue a career in nutrition? Actually, um, at the time I decided to study nutrition, I don't think that tennis or sports in general uh, led me to make that decision. But mm -hmm. I had like a lot of doubts of the reality of what we eat and how it affects us. And I guess I just wanted like to get the answers to not mm -hmm. only help me, but help people with the same uh, uh, questions. But mostly I think I wanted to uh, help people improve their relationship with food not only not only athletes but also people from all ages like from all around or even uh, like from people in my country maybe they don't have access to some information and I just want to um, like say the reality yeah yeah that's fantastic and um, so <clears throat> obviously that was how you got into nutrition and you said that you um, took a step away from from tennis or, or retired at, at 18 to focus on the studies um, and obviously we know now that you've gone and you've done the undergrad you've done a diploma and then and then a master's as well um, can you tell us a little bit about that your journey into becoming what is now like a, an academy intern nutritionist yeah so as I said when I decided to study nutrition I didn't think it was related to my sport I think it was obvious for everyone around me but not for me. It was mm -hmm. during my college degree when I uh, started taking some nutrition classes and I realized like the passion for sports was, was still there, like was still inside me. And yeah. over these, the course of two or three years that I didn't play tennis, I had forgotten a little bit about it because I moved to another country. I started, I changed my lifestyle completely. So I was focused on this like other side of my life. And then with these classes, I like my eyes opened again and I was like, wait like I love this like I need to keep investigating about this and maybe someday help athletes mm -hmm. so 
I had the opportunity to do my undergraduate internship in a Spanish soccer team in Madrid. And this experience uh, made me realize that I really like did belong in the sports environment and motivated me to just pursue a career in sports nutrition. Yeah, amazing. Um, and just in, in and around nutrition, obviously, because it is um, this is that the Young Player Wellbeing podcast. And, and I know through my knowledge that, you know, nutrition and well-being is um, is is very highly linked. And obviously, I think it's, it's something that is becoming more and more well known within the sports world. But you no, know, how can what what we eat impact on on our well-being? So what we eat, I think, has a profound influence on our overall well-being and nutrition plays a role, a pivotal role, actually, in maintaining physical activity, um, physical health by providing the body with uh, its essential nutrients. For example, a diet rich in vitamins, minerals and a balance of uh, macronutrients will support organ function, immune system, will also help prevent diseases. And conversely, a poor dietary dietary choices uh, could lead lead to chronic health issues or to have a decreased well-being. And well, for young athletes, the dietary choices significantly impact their well-being and also athletic performance, which is like the most important part, I think, of an athlete. And Mm -hmm. uh, proper nutrition is essential for providing the energy that will require training and competition and this also like supports mental health and other functions like cognitive function or emotional well-being yeah brilliant um yeah i think it's so important that and obviously it's, it's why we wanted to make sure we had a nutritionist come onto this podcast to you know to highlight what you've just spoken about there and 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 also to sort of um do a little bit of like myth busting because I think there's so much information out there there's so many supplements out there that especially young players they can really get lost in what is actually valuable what is necessary for a person to, to succeed as a player and then also what will what will actually impact your performance and and as you said there like your your well-being as well because I know you know there's so many products like you look at the the energy drinks like prime and and like all they do is they're just full of like sugar and caffeine and, and then like they're targeted to to young um, young people and, and I guess young athletes because they are an energy drink. But all they're doing is just like giving you like a spike in energy and then like a drop back down, which, of course, if you're constantly having like a burst of energy or like a your your brain's being like stimulated by all the sugar and, and caffeine and then it's crashing back down again, um, all it does is actually like negatively really affect your well-being and and your performance throughout the day because you'll find that when you take it you'll have that boost and then you'll Mm -hmm. you'll dip back down um and it will feel it'll make you know it will leave them feeling very lethargic um it will leave them you know feeling like they they don't want to train etc um and additionally as well of course like caffeine has can have a massive impact on sleep which again is is really important in relation to well-being um but sort of just around that topic I was just I was just speaking about there I went off on a bit of a tangent but um what I was just speaking about there around sort of um providing them with with I guess reliable and, and solid information to help them navigate this minefield of of nutrition that is nutrition and diet um what what is meant by like macronutrients yeah so macronutrients There are macronutrients and there are micronutrients, and there are different categories of essential nutrients that we find in the foods that we eat. 
So macronutrients um, are the nutrients that our body require in relatively large quantities to provide energy. Uh, for example, we have carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. The carbohydrates are the main source of energy for the body. They are broken down into glucose, and this glucose is used for fuel. So uh, foods rich in carbohydrates include grains, fruits, vegetables, and legumes. Then the proteins are essential for building and repairing tissues. They also support the immune system, and they serve as enzymes and hormones. And the most common sources of proteins uh, include meat, fish, eggs, dairy, beans, and nuts, for example. And then lastly, the dietary fats are also another source of important uh, and another source of energy, and they are important for cell structure, also insulating the body and absorbing uh, fat-soluble vitamins, which are crucial uh, for athletes. And some source of healthy fats includes avocado, olive oil, nuts, seeds, and also some fatty fishes. Amazing. Yeah. Really useful information. I think um, it, it's interesting because well, obviously some carbohydrates uh, are, are naturally a bit ha more healthy than than, than others. Um, for example, like you have like the brown rice versus um, like white rice. Um, you, could you explain a little bit as to like why that is? Yeah, so um, there are complex carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates. So the complex hard carbohydrates are composed of like long chain molecule, molecules and they provide energy due to slow digestion and the release of glucose is like gradual in the bloodstream. So it doesn't give you like an immediate response. And for young athletes, complex carbohydrates are valuable because they offer like a steady supply of energy for daily activity and for athletic performance. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, simple carbohydrates uh, are like shorter chains, shorter chains of sugar molecules, and they are like rapidly digested and can provide fast, fast energy boost. Uh, it is important for athletes to consume more um, complex carbohydrates so that they can have energy throughout the day and don't experience these like uh, peaks of uh, lows and downs of energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so both forms of carbohydrates are, are sort of valuable. Um, obviously, the, com the complex carbohydrates are, are better to have to on board, but is there perhaps a time or um, yeah, a certain time or a certain, um, I guess, like context when, you know, the, the normal sort of carbohydrates might be um, good to, to take on board as like a, an athlete? Yeah, so um, first of all, like the carbohydrates are stored as glycogen mm -hmm. in the muscles and in the liver so that uh, you have like this energy reserve and then uh, athletes can use them when they train and high intensity uh, exercise. and I would say it's important to eat more complex carbohydrates uh, in most of your meals or like in your diet every day. But then there's the, like the timing of carbohydrate consumption where you can eat these more simple carbohydrates before or after a match, a game or a some intense training because it will help you like get the energy faster. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So 
so they, they each have their place but obviously it's it's just it's i guess crucial for players to go to mainly focus on trying to get in the complex carbohydrates and then when needed to, to take on board the simple carbohydrates which fantastic um really useful information and advice and um, the next macronutrient that i wanted to sort of um speak about in a bit more detail because i think there's so much misinformation out there around it is is protein so of course you've already touched upon it a little bit um earlier on in the episode but um what exactly is protein and then and then also because this is always debated and there's always different um, bits of information thrown out how much do you really need to be like taking so protein um is composed of amino acids which are Mm -hmm. like uh, let's say building blocks of life and these amino acids have various roles in the body, including like growth, repair, and maintenance of tissues. So for young athletes, protein is particularly important because they, it will support their growth. They will help them repair and also build, build muscles, and they will help them like with the overall athletic performance. Um, it is important to know that uh, the proteins should be met through a well-balanced diet and include like a different variety of protein sources. Athletes should aim to include protein in every meal. Uh, for example, good sources of protein could be, uh, as I said before, lean meats, poultry, fish, dairy products, eggs, also nuts and seeds. And there are some plant-based protein sources also like legumes or tofu. And just including some of these foods in each meal uh, from breakfast to dinner, uh, could help with uh, like to reach the the amount of car of sorry of nutrient of proteins that athletes need throughout the day. Yeah, fantastic. And um, is there like a particular time window where like athletes should be trying to get like protein on board? I know like the people it's not spoken about anymore, but I know that people still believe in it. Is like there used to be this belief that like you had to hit like the glycemic window, which was like within. 40 minutes to an hour like after performance was like when you really need to be getting um food or like fuel back on board is that actually really like a thing or is it not so important i mean yes it is important to recover after Mm -hmm. a game or a training Uh, for example consuming a meal um, half an hour up to two hours after intense training or matches uh, is important i would say this meal uh, should preferably have carbohydrates and proteins rather mm-hmm. than ju- than fats uh, because you want to absorb it faster and the fast fats will like slow the digestion. So for example, some uh, pre-games or post-game snacks could be fruits and cereals, uh, maybe a sandwich with protein source like turkey, fresh, fee- uh, fresh cheese or tuna, or another option is a, like a homemade smoothie with non-fat milk and fruits, and that will help you recover. Interesting. So, um, sort of trying to trying to stick back onto um, speaking around protein. Obviously, we had this conversation um, in a previous meeting that we had before, which was around the idea that a lot of young players um, see see older athletes taking on like um protein shakes or supplements um but i think what you you were saying was that actually as an an adolescent or or a young athlete you don't really need to be taking on 
protein outside of just what you're going to eat in a well-balanced meal is that correct yeah um young athletes should really prioritize a food first approach to meet their nutritional needs uh, and this like the needs of the young athletes can be met by following a balanced diet and there is no need to take supplements such as protein powder or pre-workouts and i know like the internet is full of information but also misinformation And it is common for younger athletes to look up to professional athletes and want to follow their footsteps, maybe do the same diets. But it is important to know that the needs of young athletes are different from those of like professional or adult athletes. So in most cases, I think if you're feeling confused or don't know what to do, it is better to seek for personalized dietary guidance from a registered dietitian or healthcare professional. And I would also like to highlight that it is different taking supplements like protein powders than taking supplements for vitamins and minerals. Uh, because if you do have a deficiency, then you should go to a doctor and see how they can help you. And maybe you take supplements for this um, vitamin or mineral, mineral that you are like deficient in but not just taking supplements because you saw like someone else do it or that kind of things. Yeah, brilliant. Um, just sort of on that topic around, you know, um, young players following, almost following the footsteps of, of athletes and trying to mimic what they're eating throughout the day. Um, you know, obviously taking into account that young athletes who are, who are growing up, they're going through puberty, they're going through um, natural changes in the, in the body, so they don't necessarily need the same nutritional, um, yeah, they don't need the same diet or nutrition um, um, coming, taking it on board. And um, what are some other sort of common misconceptions uh, that, that exist around nutrition? Um. I think athletes uh, sometimes have the idea that carbohydrates are bad or that if they are not training enough, they shouldn't have many carbohydrates. So I will like also to highlight that it is really important as, the, as, as I said, they are like the main source of energy for the body and they should focus on having a well-balanced diet because this will lead up to optimize their performance and energy levels and make them prepared for the game or matches that they have. So all macronutrients are important and I would uh, recommend to include include them in all the meals of your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's interesting how obviously like the, I think it is shifting and changing again, but yeah, there has been a bit of a trend where people try and almost make carbohydrates look bad and, and yeah. that you don't need them. Um, interesting you said that around like it maybe they're having a day where they're not training as intense. Is it important that they almost continue trying to take on the same amount of I guess like calories and, and macronutrients as they would do if it was a normal training day? Um, of course it changes but it's still important to consume uh, all the nutrients because you are preparing your body for what comes next, not because you are not training, you will um, stop eating or excluding some like carbohydrates or fats. Your body needs them to keep recovering because if you had a match yesterday, you 
are still recovering and you want to recover for the next match. So I would say in the days that maybe you're not training, consume complex carbohydrates like whole grains, fruits and vegetables, uh, eat vegetables with your meals and also include like lean sources of protein that would keep you full and also uh, adding some sort of healthy fat will help you um, with your to, like to balance your meal and it is also super important to stay well hydrated just keep um, drinking water during the day don't wait to feel thirsty to drink water and mm. yeah yeah no fantastic um yeah i mean really good advice i think um water is something that people really like, underestimate the importance and, and value of um I know that I don't drink enough water throughout the day um, and I know it's a big difference when I actually have a week that I've actually focused on trying to stay like well hydrated. Um, obviously you've you just been speaking about it there but um, just to, so we can be a bit more specific for the players and, and for the people listening in, what should players look to eat leading up to a game and sort of how far in advance that you I mean you just briefly spoke about there but how far in advance does your diet affect performance and energy levels so um as I said including all the macronutrients is really important and it doesn't really like exist a number of days that I could say, oh, do you have to do this diet for one week and you will feel better? No, it's more like an everyday thing. And not only nutrition affects your performance, there's like uh, more things that can affect it. So just like trying to keep like eating good during the days, uh, previous a match, during a match, after a match, uh, it's really important. But however, um, the timing of the meals is another important thing. For example, if you have a game today, what you do today will affect. Of course, if you have been doing things good over the last few weeks, you will like feel prepared and feel ready for the match. But also what you do in the day of the match affects a lot. So uh, my recommendation would be to have like a big meal or a larger meal three hours before the game that include uh, all the macronutrients. And that will help you, uh, that, that will, uh, I mean, the three hours will allow you to digest and also uh, to build glycogen stores for later. And one hour before the match or two hours, uh, it will be good to like provide a final energy boost. And as I said before, maybe with some fruits and cereals or some homemade smoothie would be a good option. Yeah, fantastic. And um yeah, I like that idea of obviously making sure you're having a really good meal sort of three hours before. Um, obviously, often matches will happen in and around like lunchtime. So what what would be perhaps like a healthy food option for, for players to get on board like for breakfast? Um, I know, for example, for myself, like I'm not a massive breakfast eater, but I think that the idea of smoothies could be really beneficial. Um, but what, what else could to players perhaps have around breakfast time that might really benefit them for when they're playing a match, say come like 12 o'clock, one o'clock? So I always like to give like a salty option and a sweet option. And uh, for a salty option, I would go for bread, maybe whole, like whole grain bread, but it could also be white since you're playing a match like later during the day and mm -hmm. add some source of protein, for example, eggs is a really good option and have a fruit 
And for a more sweet um, option, I would say maybe yogurt with oats or with cereal. And you can add fruits on top of that, maybe add some nuts. And that will keep you with energy until uh, the match. Another like idea that I, it's like my go-to since I was a tennis player and I always like to recommend it for lunch, for example. Um, I love to have pasta and like natural tomato sauce and okay. also some like grilled chicken. And you can add vegetables to that. Uh, it is important to say that you should always eat food that you had before. Don't try <laughs> anything new the day of the match. Don't try anything new. Um, if you are playing in one or two hours, because it can affect your well-being and your digestion. Yeah, excellent. I think great advice there. Yeah, please don't go and get creative, guys, on like yeah. this <laughs> play a match because that could backfire quite badly. Um, yeah, really good. And I think just to give you a breather there um, as well, I think uh, players listening and anyone listening to episodes before, we always speak about how like preparing and actually being organized leading up to a match can really help you in terms of your mental well-being because you feel like you're not in a rush um you know exactly what what's going on but also when your plans and when you actually arrive to a game on time um your your head is in a much clearer space because you know exactly what's going on you're up to date with the tactics you're you've got all your kit on board etc these are all stuff that can really help calm your mind um and just listening to some of the nutrition information we were given there incorporating you know one of these meals into your breakfast can also then help you because when you arrive at the game you've got that confidence knowing that you've fueled your body you've got your kit you know that what's going on tactics wise um, you know exactly where you're playing on the pitch etc all these things can add up and actually really benefit your performance because as I said there you're coming organized you're going to feel confident <clears throat> you're going to feel very well prepared you're going to feel full of energy because you know that you've eaten enough and that you've got your, your nutrition on board um, so I think that's just something that I wanted to reflect on just there before before moving forward so um, thank you for adding that extra little bit in there um, Michaela that was really good um, Moving forward then, obviously we spoke about pre-match um, and then we spoke a little bit earlier on around post-match, but um, why do we need to make sure we eat well um, after competition or, <clears throat> or training, not just before? So ensuring that you eat well after a competition or a training session is important to recover correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so firstly, it facilitates recovery by replenishing the glycogen stores. It also uh, helps repair mus muscle tissue and restore uh, like the lost fluids and electrolytes. Uh, this aids in muscle recovery and reduces the risk of later like injury or fatigue. Mm -hmm. So uh, secondly, uh, it supports muscle repair and growth by uh, providing the necessary proteins. Proper post-exercise nutrition also it's going to set the stage for optimal performance in the next training or competition because you are not only looking for one for today, but also like for your next match or your next training. And additionally, the post like post training or competition meal will strengthen your immune system and it will protect you from illnesses that could, could like disrupt your training schedule because when you do um, exercise, when you exercise, uh, or when you do like a heat exercise, which is intense, 
your immune system debilitates due to this exercise and eating correctly will also help you recover like this immune part of your body yeah fantastic so what i'm hearing there is it's, it's not just important to make sure we're fueling the body to recover from um, a competition or train that we've just had it's also because we're looking to keep that body uh, nice and fit and giving the nutrients that it needs for the few upcoming train sessions and and looking like towards the future um and then of course on top of that as well like you said when you're doing um like high intensity training um you need to make sure that we, you know you're refueling so that you're actually helping that immune system you stop um otherwise you know things like illnesses will start creeping in um and then of course uh, when you're ill there's a high chance that you're going to be at risk of injury um and also you know if you're ill and you're still trying to train at like a high intensity then it's, it's likely you're going to suffer from a long-term illness or, or a long-term injury um yeah so really really good information and great advice um i've got one more question which i didn't put on here but it's something that i personally find quite interesting and, I, and it's a question that i've had before from players um and I, I should have probably put it in earlier on when we we're talking about misconceptions and supplements but um one that's really popular and it's very current at the moment is creatine um, and I'm just wondering if you have any knowledge or information around perhaps what creatine is and whether it is actually going to be beneficial for a, a young athlete. Okay so creatine is a really helpful for older athletes or like for professional athletes to uh, have like a better performance on some kind of sports. It's not recommendable to take it uh, for all the sports you have to ask for help like for, for a professional since he will help you to see if it actually works for you or not. But for younger athletes, uh, the same as I said before, I do not recommend taking any supplementations since you don't need it yet. You are fueling your body with uh, natural nutrients that you can find in foods and you actually get creatines from some foods and your uh, body also like creates this creatine by its own. So I don't think it is necessary for younger athletes to be taking this kind of supplementation, maybe in the future, but not in their younger ages. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for that. I think um, I'd heard something similar before, but I think it is good to get advice, obviously, from someone that is is more expert in, in the field. So thank you very much for that. And sorry for just chucking that on you like last minute but um yeah really well answered and, and really valuable information there that i know obviously myself and then and and the players will, will take away from from this podcast so thank you um moving away from nutrition because i'm sure you know i've, I've just grilled you here obviously we've not got brad to sort of um do the discussion points with me so it's been very much back and forth and, and me firing questions where you said so, um thank you and you, you've obviously you've answered them so well um and i've taking away loads of information from this so I'm sure that our listeners have as well um but moving back towards our well-being what are your top three tips for looking after your own well-being I think um the these three tips could help like not only athletes but like every person in general and for me as I mentioned before uh, I used to do this when I was a tennis player and I still do it is prioritize my sleep and taking breaks. This mm. is like a non-negotiable for me. Uh, ensure to get enough rest each day and take regular breaks. 
uh, benefits me physically and also I think supports my mental well-being. So adequate sleep and relaxation are essential also for peak performance for younger athletes and for overall health. Um, another thing that really helps me is to plan my meals in advance, like make a, a list to what to buy in the supermarket, planning my meals ahead of time. It helps me uh, being organized throughout the day and throughout the week. And uh, it allows me to not be thinking all the time, what am I going to eat? Why do I have to cook? And it allows me to maintain a balanced diet. And this is uh, also crucial to maintaining like my energy levels throughout the day. And the last thing I think it's super important for everyone to consider is to seek psychological support. Like you don't need to have a problem to go to the psychologist. Like don't wait to have a problem. Just try or, or consider consulting with a psychology or counselor. And even like for younger athletes, even if sports is like a significant part of your life, also make time for family and friends, engage in some social activities and make time to, to spend quality time with your loved ones. I think this is uh, something really import, important for my well-being. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. I really like that. And um, I like, again, obviously speaking about making sure young athletes are spending time uh, in other hobbies and, and with family members, because it's it's a reoccurring theme that we have come up a lot, especially when we have um, ex-footballers come on or people that have been professional footballers. They say that, you know, for their well-being, the most important thing is having a social support network there and actually having other hobbies and interests outside of just sport. Um, Again, with the sleep, um, really valuable, really important advice to be getting across, especially to, to young athletes. Um, <clears throat> sleep plays a, a massive role in, in our well-being and in our, our recovery as well. Um, and I, I really like the stuff around actually making sure you plan meals and, and um, do the shopping in advance. It's something that I need to get a lot better at. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know that it's, it can be really crucial, again, as you said, for, for looking after the well-being. So thank you there. Um, final question from me before I sort of hand the, the podcast over to you and let you speak about anything you'd like is just any advice for young um, players or young academy players? Um, yes, I would say that a wealth of information is easily accessible on the internet. So if you ever find yourself overwhelmed or unsure, like don't hesitate to ask for assistance. Like mm -hmm. we, like the experts in the field of sports, we are here to provide guidance, support and mentorship on your journey to become like the athlete that you aspire to be. So don't be afraid to reach out for help, whether it's for nutritional advice, psychological support, or even medical concerns. I think uh, we're here for you. That's why, uh, at least that's why I decided to do this, because I want to help athletes uh, reach their goals. Yeah, excellent. Really good advice there. And um, again, something I didn't highlight on the on the, the last bit of advice you gave as well around being proactive with seeking psychological support or nutritional support um etc i think it's it's all about don't wait for it to get bad you know start doing it now um like you wouldn't you don't go to the gym once you've been injured you go to the gym before so you can try and build up that muscle and you can try and reduce the likelihood that you are going to suffer from injury and i think this the same should be done for our, our mental well-being or for our, our mental side of the game as well it's like go and learn what coping strategies you can put in place go and learn what techniques you can use to boost your ability to handle pressure or um 
so that should you ever need it in the future you've got that toolkit there um so yeah um, incredible advice obviously this whole episode I've, I've found really beneficial i think it's been another fantastic episode to add on onto the the podcast um so thank you so much for coming on um but obviously before we wrap things up is there anything that you'd like to discuss on on your side of things uh no not really there is not anything i would like to discuss just if i have to uh do a small summary or highlight something it would be the importance of adding different kind of foods to your diet um eat different kind of nutrients include carbohydrates please it is, it is really infor- important for you to get your energy levels include proteins to build the mis- the muscle and also include fats in all your meals and just try to stay healthy again if you need help um I am here for you and I'm sure many, many nutritionists are also available to help you. And yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, just on that um, final point there, where would be best for, for guests to find you? Uh, so uh, right now you could uh, find me on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, it's under my name, Michaela Molina Bulgaria. I'm sure Antonio will write it down on the yeah. post. And uh, also there you can find my number or my email if you need any help, uh, uh, like talking to someone or help with your diet. I can surely help you with that. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the episode. As I said, I think it was a really fantastic episode. I've really valued the information you've you've given to myself and to the listeners. Um, so thank you very much. And listeners, definitely take her up on that offer around nutritional advice um, and support should you be be needing it and, and be interested. Um, but thank you very much for coming on, Michaela. Um, and to the listeners, thank you for joining us. And we we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye.